Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Good morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent ya. <laughs> what? People, you are truly fortunate to have as a friend and colleague John Wayne Gacy. What lies within the man? Want to get high? Inside the rage. Maybe you've seen this boy? Beneath the surface. We're investigating the disappearance of an employee of yours. I heard a weird sound. It's a strange whining noise. Maggots. It's the sound of a million maggots. God only knows what you're doing in there. What I do in that garage is all business related. I'll go when time gets back. There's no negotiating. You really think I'd let you just walk out of this house? Every urge he felt. No, never seen that kid. Every secret he held. You want to see a trick? He buried. <laughs> I have to tell you something. What? I've been kind of naughty. Everything you've heard is true. Gacy, America's most infamous serial killer. That's not the umpire, Your Honor. It's Enrico Palazzo! Here's another episode. This is awesome, by the way, of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. And it's really cool to say this with my friend over here, Mark Halton. What a good dude you are. Um, I'm just going to just, in no particular order, for people that are listening, for the kids at home, I'm just going to uh, just babble a few things that you were in, and then we're just going to go off the rails. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. 
<laughs> awesome. Obviously, Francis Buxton from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Chubby and Team Wolf and Team Wolf 2. The Spectator. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo from The Naked Gun. A League of Their Own. Leprechaun. Leprechaun Returns. Little Giants. Rumpelstiltskin, which I bet doesn't get spoken about a lot. No, and I wish it would stay that way, actually. <laughs> then that's I'm all limits. <laughs> Listen, we don't have to talk about Rumpelstiltskin if you don't want. It's fine with me. Um, Gacy, which I would like to speak about that. Um, I mean, so many other things, including episodes of, I mean, we're going to go back, episodes of Webster, um, MacGyver, Superboy, Seinfeld, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, The Young and the Restless, all soap opera star, my friend over here. <laughs> um, NCIS, NYPD Blue, Days of Our Lives, and on and on and on and on. So with all that said, anybody, just check out Mark Holton's IMDb and take your phone into the bathroom and read. <laughs> <laughs> just read. You know, um, how have you been, my friend? It's been I, I, I actually I saw you in person and we met and we spoke at the convention a couple of weeks ago. Have you been? I've been uh, busy getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving and now Christmas is upon us. Mm -hmm. So uh, busy with that and catching up from, uh, you know, the time we spent in Atlantic City. Yeah. And the, uh, New Jersey Horror Con. And uh, I had fun time. I had. I had not had any alcohol since early or mid-September. And I got back up to my room after, uh, I guess it was on a Saturday or whatever, I was signing autographs and taking selfies. And I thought, I'm going to go have a beer. Right. So I texted our mutual friend, Chris Majors. Yeah. And I said, let's go get a beer. So I went down to the bar and he was missing in action for most of our conversation. but. We met and talked. Yeah. You have a, uh, a history of, of being, you know, in the military. You're I a did. veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. And uh, it happened to be the Air Force. And I've got Air Force going back to World War II and on both sides of the family. And so we, we, we hit it off. Yeah. And had a good time. And you, you cracked me up. And we just. Yeah, we just it was fun. Fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun because it was actually it was and, and it's it's rare because I usually we usually me and my girl, we usually leave like during the day or we, whenever whenever there's a New Jersey Horicon at the showboat, we always go for the weekend. Always. We get a room and we just make a whole weekend out of it. And we usually leave kind of early midday on Sunday. But when we actually spoke, they were breaking down the whole convention. The convention was over. That was Sunday oh, night. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. All right. Yeah. So it was very rare that we were actually still there. And everybody like Tony Moran and, and, and Chris Majors and a whole bunch of people were at that bar, Aces, which is the, right. everyone hangs out there. And I turn around and you just sit at a table. I was just like. Hey man, what's going on? And we just started talking like yeah. regular people. Like I wasn't I was, like I was all alone and you yeah. and your lady came up and she sat down and you just kind of leaned in. Yeah. And, and we were off, you know. Yeah, just talking like, you know, like 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 a normal person would just talk to someone. And it was very cool, man. And we got into stuff about the military and 
and I don't want to be wrong, but it was somebody, was it your, is it your son-in-law's website? On uh, station? He, he is actually a second cousin, but uh, the age difference is so great. He calls me Uncle Mark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he has a website on station.com on station apparel. <laughs> on station apparel. Right. It's Neil Simpson. And uh, he was a uh, C-130 gunship pilot. And uh, he, uh, he has some uh, wonderful memories that he can't tell me for 25 years. Right. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. I to see a lot of that stuff, you know, on his site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're from that community, check it out. Yeah, you know? 100%. And, and yeah. When, I, when I was in the military, it's funny that it so happens to be C-130s. Um, I was stationed at for, for one of my duty stations was at Elmendorf up in Alaska. And yeah. it was right outside of Anchorage. There's two bases up there. Um, there's Elmendorf and Isleson, which is way up in Fairbanks, which nobody ever wants to go there. There's nothing up there, but like penguins and igloos and shit. There's nothing <laughs> up there. I got lucky and I was right outside of Anchorage. But um, at, the, at my base, there was F-15s. AWACS, the, the planes with the big satellites on top. I, I, I figured you would know that. I'm just saying that for the kids at home. And C-130s. I was a jet engine mechanic, and I worked on F-15s and F-16s in New Mexico, but I didn't work on the C-130s because they're prop planes. They're propellers. Yeah. But, they, but they were in the same back shop as me. And those planes, like, it's a cargo plane and all that stuff. It's obviously, it's not a fighter, but those things. Well, it, this, I, this was, I guess, the AC-130. It's got the big 105 millimeters sticking out of the side. Oh, it's so crazy. And all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you know. yeah it's, it's an awesome plane. And um, so, yeah, so I was looking, and, and I think that's great that he was a C-130 pilot. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine just, just crossing the ocean to get to your destination in that plane? No, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. But everybody's it, asleep, but you and the co-pilot. <laughs> oh my god! And and they're they're big planes, so I mean they they're carrying other vehicles and cargo and yeah, you know, and stuff like that. It's amazing. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. So anything that ever has to do with the military or the troops and stuff, I'm I'm all about it. Always have been. My father, my biological father, he was a marine and. He only did a couple of years and he said it was the he said it was the happiest day of his life because he went in in 69, but never saw Vietnam, which was weird. Him and like his platoon and another platoon. He told me a story. I was little and they were all rucked up and packed up and ready to go. And they were at an air base, maybe in Jersey. It could have been like McGuire Air Base or something like that. And they were just about, there was several platoons there. And for some weird reason, it was two platoons that were held back for whatever reason. And his was one of them. And everybody else went to Vietnam. But for some reason, he didn't go. And he was like, it was the happiest day of, and the most luckiest day of his life, obviously, besides the birth of his two children. But yeah. That's a great story. I love stories like that. Yeah, I still have his yearbook, his 1969 Paris Island boot camp hardcover book. I still have it. Yeah. So always as a little, since a li as a little kid, like 
obviously my father was a Marine. So he would tell me stories. And I would always look at these black and white pictures in this book and just as a little kid, yeah. just like that's cool. You know, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Very cool stuff, man. Were you ever in the service? I was not. I uh, graduated in 1976 after Vietnam. And most of the dudes that I knew from high school said, forget it. You know, it's just, it was just a, you know, it's like, I wish I hadn't done it. And yeah. I was well, what are you doing? I mean, don't, don't you get to do, you know, throw grenades or whatever? <laughs> and they're going, no, I'm picking up cigarette butts and doing this, that, and the other. So I thought, maybe I should go to college. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Might be a little safer because you're able to throw grenades, but there's people throwing grenades at you too, you know? Yeah, it's true. Well, not, <laughs> not, not then, not then. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they have stories about, you know, the, the doofus in the squad, uh, you know, pulling the pin and then dropping it between him and the instructor and everybody running oh, and yeah. crazy stuff like that. I went, oh, okay. Yeah. There's always a <laughs> private pile. There's always a yeah. private pile in the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Killed by the guy in the lower bunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Beware of that guy. That guy will get you killed. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. So do you have any other conventions or anything like that lined up? Are you going to be doing more? Because we spoke about that too. And you haven't done a lot of conventions and I'm, I'm super happy that you found them. I, I did my first convention in Indianapolis. It was a horror, horror hound. And then COVID hit before I could do another one. I've done two since COVID has started to uh, calm down a little bit. And then, um, both of them were uh, horror cons and, and absolutely loved both of them uh, in, um, of course, Atlantic City. And before that, in uh, uh, the Lehigh Valley, Allentown yeah. in Pennsylvania. And then I think my next one is in February, and that is in uh, Atlanta. Okay. And then uh, I'll be in Florida, maybe Texas. I'm, there's like seven of them. And the guy, uh, our mutual friend, Chris, that uh, books me, yeah. said after the first of the year, you know, hold on tight because that's when they're going to really, yeah. you know, I'll, you know, I, I still have done only three horror cons. I can't wait to do a comic con. Oh, yeah. You'll clean up at a comic con. And I think you would fit great at a chiller convention because it started out as horror years and years ago, but now there's such a, there's a plethora of all different genres of actors and from different stuff and TV shows. And it's like last time we were there, there was like a, a mash reunion. It's like people from mash to breaking bad to a little house on the prairie reunion to a horror guy to a old WWF wrestler to it's such a broad thing that it's, it's great because obviously you have Gacy under your belt and you've been, you know, leprechaun horror. People love cheesy horror movies. I'm a, I'm guilty. I love all that stuff. And you were in so many different kinds of things. So I think it would be perfect for you. I don't know. That's just me talking. This guy with the Brooklyn accent. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you know, I, I, um, I just, you know, I, it, it, it's wonderful for me because 
uh, everybody that walks up to me, I, I fill in, you know, something that I didn't know over, you know, uh, four decades of doing films. And I would, you know, ask them questions like, what, what was it about this guy that, that's just doesn't even have a, a name pointing and saying, look, it's Enrico Palazzo. What <laughs> to you? And uh, because I, I just I didn't get it, you know, and then I find out, you know, T-shirts or whatever. Uh, <laughs> after the film came out, I didn't go. Uh, I don't know if I wasn't invited or for some reason uh, I didn't I didn't get to uh, go to the um, the big premiere. And I'm just walking down the street. I was on either Sunset or, or Hollywood Boulevard. And this guy pulls over to the curb and stops, rolls down the window on the passenger side and goes, look, it's in bias. <laughs> it's Enrico Palazzo. Uh, I went, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I hadn't really, I, I hadn't seen the movie yet. Oh. You know, and I'm going, the guy remembered that line. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I would ask people that and, and they'd say, well, you know, our, our mom had taken us to see, uh, 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 Pee Wee's big adventure. And then we saw Teen Wolf. So when you popped up, it was like, that's him. Yes, it's exactly how it is. It's like, so I, think, I think the majority of, of the, the films that people remember uh, happened within a very small time frame before right. cable had really caught on, where you, know, you either bought it or you rented it or you saw it in a legitimate theater. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been putting that those twos and twos together because uh, before I went to the first one, um, I had, uh, I had been to South Africa to do uh, leprechaun returns. And on the way back, it was like a 40 hour ordeal, you know, my last, my last stop was Dallas and who was in, you know, the, captain's club or whatever bullshit it was uh it was paul rubens oh shit okay and, and i walked over and i said paul and he's looking at me like oh yeah, yeah you know he's looking at his people like uh, i'm not going to do an autograph with this dude you know right and i said paul it's mark holton and he goes what are you doing here and i said i don't know what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he had been to a big convention there. And so, uh, you know, I, I I would call him and say, well, you know, what's this all about? And I had talked with some other people and I thought, I need to give this a try. And I'm glad I did because I, I absolutely love it. You know, I love yeah. people anyway. And it's a lot more fun than, you know, a uh, greeter at Walmart. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, but so, um, hey. Uh, it's 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 a life changer. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying because we briefly we briefly spoke about that when we were talking in Atlantic City, and that's why I said I'm I'm, I'm super happy that you found them and that because I like I said this several times on the podcast with various people and I go to an average of like six conventions a year and. You know, I meet all kinds of people and it's all the vast majority of it are people from when I was a kid. It's all nostalgia. It's nostalgic. You know what I mean? 
it's from a, it sounds so hacky and cliche, but this is just my perspective of it. Like, you know, it's, it was a time where things were more like innocent and simple. Cause you were a kid and you just, you like, it was, it's, I'll say this right now. Like when I was speaking to you, I was I'm speaking to you. Like I know you for 10 years, you know what I mean? Cause that's just how I talk to people. And you know, as we, you know, when I was having the conversation with you in Atlantic city, I wasn't thinking, oh my God, I'm talking to the guy who fucking points and says it's Amico Palazzo. You would just mark the guy hanging out and enjoying his bottle of Budweiser. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's how it was. But in the back of my head, like when I walked away, like like when we say goodbye and we're about to leave, I thought in my head, I was like, wow, that was pretty fucking cool. Like that's who gets the opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people would love to meet you for those reasons alone. You know what I mean? It's just like, and everyone at conventions, every single convention that I've been to, and I've been to a lot, there's never been any like fights or issues or there's never any problems ever, especially at horror conventions. I don't go to Comic-Con. I go to horror conventions but there's never been an issue. Like horror fans are like the nerdiest and coolest fans ever and super loyal and love this shit. So they're all like uh, walking encyclopedias. They know every horror film and yes, the characters in it and part two, three and 15. Oh, and, you know, and I'm just amazed, you know, at, at, uh, at how loyal the, yes. the horror con people are. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. A lot of the same faces, a lot. Like I grown to, it's funny. Like this, like this, his name is Chris. He's like the main security guard at New Jersey horror con. Great guy. Like, well, 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 you know, Chris, big guy, you know, he's, you know, jacked up. He looks like a cop, you know, but he's a great guy. And I, we see him several times a year. And it was like, I think it was the one you were there. I saw you there. It was at the one in Lehigh Valley. And okay. we got there late. We just made it like a day. We were just going to go for the day. And then we wound up staying just for the night. We got a room, but we got there super late. And he looks, he was like, didn't think you guys were going to show up. Like this is way past like the time that you show up. Like they expect us to be there at a certain time because we're that consistent at these things. You know what I mean? So they've become like our like convention family and friends. Like we know all of them. So a lot of the same faces and a lot of just really good people. Oh yeah. I felt the same way about the same guy, you know? And then, yeah. you know, when I went to, to uh, uh, Atlantic city, you know, there he is. I knew he would be there or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's like a, a, a family it is. Uh, with the, the same people that do the horror con and, you know, you see them again. It's it's like it was it was like going to a, a little family reunion because you know some family reunions you're meeting people for the first time. So when you see them again, you yeah, know, it's it's that kind of a feeling. Yeah, and 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 you already you know you know them and you know who you can you know yeah I know with or. <laughs> or who's really busy and you need to leave them alone. So. Absolutely, yeah. It's like there's like I become friends with several people who like in like legendary movies, like legitimate friends with them. And it's like, I see they have a line around the frigging corner. I just like, what's up. And I just keep it moving. Like I'm not taking it away from doing their thing, you know? 
but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm super happy. And, and, and I, uh, I hope I see you at a convention sooner again, sooner rather than later. And then the next beer that you that you drink is on me. Okay, I gotta buy Francis a beer. I had to say that on purpose. I don't know. Yeah, I I will drink it. Uh, Awesome. So now you mentioned that you speak. Do you still speak to Paul Rubens? Mostly by text. He is uh, crazy busy. he's got some some pretty big irons in the fire so i'm just gonna leave it at that okay Uh, but you know i i finally i I sent him a text here recently i said uh you know something like was it something i said or whatever (laughs) and he uh he fired back no i'm just busy yeah i i I, i'm pulled in a million different directions and i went okay that's good as long as you're healthy and happy and and uh you know yeah. Now I will let you take the floor, but I'm just going to say something that you had mentioned to me and you can pick up wherever you want. Okay. Um, because when we were talking in Atlantic city, I basically said, you know, if you do the podcast, I'm not going to bore you with the same old blah, 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 but we will touch on Pee Wee's big adventure because it's a huge part of a lot of people's childhood. So I feel like we need to just touch on it. Oh, and sure. then you, and anybody then, watching this is going to want to see uh, Mr. Mr. Wee. <laughs> exactly. Francis. Oh, and, and you know what? You can see part of this old radio. Yeah. I just had, had some new pictures uh, made for Atlantic City. And one of them was Francis with the, the big elephant tusks and the tiger leaping through. Yes. Uh, with the guy that stole the bike in the, you know, his dad's study or whatever. Yes. And I looked at that picture and I said, my God, that's our radio. It's some somebody's radio from, you know, my wife's side of the family. Let me see if I can. Because you, you'll kind yeah. of recognize it, but it's, it's sure. prominent on the set. And, you know, all these years I had never picked up on that. That's the same radio that's in the movie, the exact same one? No, no, it's not. Same I, model. I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, I was like, "That's crazy!" If like if it's the same thing for the movie, do you have do you have anything from the actual movie still? Sadly, Any, no. no. No, not even like a not even like well, the, got, like the blue shirt. Or, right, I know, <laughs> I know, but I mean, maybe like your F, your blue FB shirt or something. I don't know. Oh, no, I, 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 I think I may have one. I have several leprechaun items, uh, and I think I may have Ozzy's uh, uh, overalls, painting overalls. But we're, we're still searching for, for them. We think they're kind of backpacked away in a in somewhere, kind of, somewhere, somewhere some corner in a crawl space. Right. How about do you have anything from Team Wolf? Do you have a Beavers jersey? No, I don't. Wow. I don't. Okay. Uh, I, the first the first podcast I ever did. Uh, the, the guy that, that, uh, you know, asked me on or whatever had in his office, a Jersey from, from TOO part two. Really? And it, yeah. Frank. And wow. uh, so I, that's a fan. I, yeah. I, I was like, wow. I, of course I, I'm new to all this. Yeah. Really, I, I was, I was, <coughs> pardon me. It's fine. 
She's she's an old allergies. It's fine. <laughs> this is gorilla podcasting, Mark. Gorilla podcasting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I I had literally quit the business, Jimmy. Literally, I left California. I live near Tulsa, and I left no forwarding. Wow! And I had done, I had done one interview before I left. And uh, it led to San Antonio uh, Current and a gentleman named uh, Kiko Martinez. And he was kind enough to start sending me things because when people would look for me, most of them had given up. They thought, well, he's got to be dead or he just wants to be left alone. Who knows? Right. <laughs> but uh, Kiko would forward me, uh, you know, things. And that's that's how literally how I got the gig in South Africa. I even knew about. It. Huh. Uh, so, uh, yeah, up, up to uh, him involving me in that. And then uh, I, I was totally oblivious. Really? In fact, yeah. And then the, the first the first con I did, I had a couple walk up and say, we're so glad you're here. It's, it's really nice to know that you're not dead. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, no, I'm alive. <laughs> but, uh, huh. but I was yeah, I was I was completely, uh, completely in the dark that that anybody cared. Yeah. You know, except, I, you know, I, I pick up a, a magazine and a. In a, in a dentist's office or something, you know, at some point, and it'd say, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure still in the top 50 uh, cult films of all time. And I'm going, sure. God, people are still watching this thing? You're damn right they are. It's crazy. It's flipping, yeah. it's flipping generations. Yeah, I, I, I had uh, some uh, people or uh, a person uh, bring me this just hammered to hell, ripped. Uh, rough looking VHS jacket to yeah. sign. And I said, I said, why are you having me sign this? Why don't, why don't, you know, the, the DVDs are cheap. And they said, no, no, no. My brother and I watch this every day after school. Yeah. And it is a permanent display. And now that you're signing it, you know, when, when yeah. we get together, that's, uh, and, and people want to watch these movies. On VHS, yes, There's people having live events on Instagram, yeah, you know, we're going to be screening, uh, whatever on the original VHS. And I'm going, why, yeah, why because it's connected to their childhood, yeah, yeah. I have a Victrola, I have a 1950 Victor Victrola, okay, so you know, I, I understand. <laughs> Do you listen to things on the Victrola still? <laughs> um, only to demonstrate it to people. Nice. You know? Okay. Yeah. But uh, I call it my thunderstorm kit. Nice. You know, if the electricity goes off, I've got music, and the the damn thing is loud. Oh. You know, because you can. Uh, it's not the old bell. It's the big, you know, ballroom version. Okay. And it was full of records when I got it. I I'll, I'll never go through them all. Yeah. But in a little, little deck of cards to where I can listen to music and play solitaire. Yeah. If uh, if the lightning takes me out, oh my know. god! Yeah, it's awesome. So now, 
You had mentioned to me when we were going to talk about Pee Wee for a minute, and you had mentioned something about the director that you had said that you would have no problem saying blah, blah, blah about the director of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I think you're thinking of uh, Gacy. The director of Gacy? The, the director of Gacy. I, oh, okay. So, may, so maybe I, I heard you wrong in that conversation. I well, thought... There, if there was a din of sound around us. I was having trouble listening yeah, to you. True. To your lady, but uh, no, if, 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 I, if I said anything uh, uh, derogatory about a, a director, it wasn't Tim Burton. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. I haven't, you know, I haven't talked to him since... Uh, just you know, very uh, quickly after the movie, and we were talking on the phone, right. and then you know that was back in the days where you had the old uh, you know play a phone tag, a landline, uh, you know, yeah. So, but no, I haven't. I haven't seen him. Okay, after. you know he's my God. You talk about a successful career, and he's still going. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, but I, 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 we, we were talking about him because. Uh, most of the, the things that, that he's famous for, uh, we were talking about Danny Elfman as well. Uh, you know, it, it, I think a, a hint at where he would go in the future is Frankenweenie, which a lot of people haven't seen. I saw it because of my daughter. My daughter wanted to see it, so I saw it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's, 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 uh, it, it, it definitely, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, you, you can see, uh, you know, what his, where he was headed or. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Mind, anyway. Yeah. So now how was, I mean, you probably speak mostly about Pee Wee Herman, probably mostly, right? No, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, obligatory, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, but I, I do want to touch because. It's another movie that I've watched as a little kid over and over and over and over again. And I used to watch the first Teen Wolf a million times. It's the silliest, most ridiculous movie ever, but I've watched it a hundred times. <laughs> you know what I mean? How was it like working with all those guys, like Michael J. Fox and all that stuff? Oh, it was, it was one of my first, you know, gigs, you know, on, on a set. Sure. And uh, <clears throat> we were at this uh, high school. It had, you know, of course, the gymnasium, but we, they, we also used classrooms or whatever. Uh, we had free reign of the place. Or the wait, film. Wait, wait, what, what, what high, do you remember what high school, where it was? I, I don't. It had been closed down because of gang violence, and it was somewhere <laughs> you had to take the 405 to get to it. Okay. I, I remember pulling up in front of my little dressing room every morning and looking down to see what uh, shells or or brass was laying on the on the pavement. Really? Sometimes it'd be 38 specials, sometimes it'd be 12 gauge holes, sometimes it'd be nine millimeter casings. Holy and uh, uh Doug Savant that's in the movie, he he uh walked up and we're looking at, at, at it at some point, you know, in the morning. And uh we heard a door open uh, in in the main building and we looked over and it was a security guard and it was a lady holding a newborn baby. And we looked at each other, looked out the shell casings and we're going, she was probably here 
you know, I'd heard this shit going on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, that was that was overnight. There was never any trouble when we were there. Right. Uh, but but I was trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and watching the camera crew and and uh, doing a master and then turning around and punching in and over the shoulder and yeah. picking up stuff at that point. And the uh, the the role was pretty much, uh, you know, uh, written as the fat kid. Right. You know the locker room scene, and it it just seemed like it expanded a little bit over time, and that character just kind of grew. Yeah, and a lot of it was was Mike Fox going, "Well, what if Chubby did this?" Yeah, and uh, and uh, it it turns out there were, there were a lot of people. Uh, I, I think what what uh, made it popular with a lot of people is most people. Uh, that went to high school, there were cliques of people that were snooty assholes. Uh, and, uh, and they, you know, Chubby, you know, he's the fat kid. So they identified with him. Sure. 100%. And, you know, you know making, making, making it past that point. Um, and, and, I, and that's, that's the majority of people that, that ever went to high school. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Think, they, I think people identified uh, with Chubby for that reason. Yeah, I agree. See him succeed. You yeah. know, they were, yeah, that was, I guess, vicariously through my character. I don't know. Sure. And I guess Michael J. Fox liked you because he was pushing for you to do other things. That's a good oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Have you ever stayed in contact with him at all or no? He's doing conventions now. So I'm looking Really? For, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I told, uh, I told uh, actually Chris Majors, um, has uh i guess some kind of alert you know wherever you know he pops up or whatever uh he's gonna he's gonna see if he can slip me in there at the same uh, convention that would be great man oh, a, little, a little, little team wolf reunion <laughs> things like that you would never think that when was that movie made 85 what was it 85 86 some, somewhere in there because yeah, somewhere the, in they, there they were the, the year they were made, the year they were released, I, I get all mixed up. So yeah. I, so I, let's just say eighty-five. I mean, we're talking. Yeah. And people would would line up to get a photo op with you and Michael J. Fox and whoever else they could muster up from that movie. Well, the the summer that that Team Wolf came out, the number one film was Back to the Future. Crazy. So there were a lot of people that saw Back to the Future. And then at number two, I think, uh, for a while was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And then Teen, Teen Wolf snuck in there on the coattails of, uh, of uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. But uh, for that, you know, brief, brief period of time during one summer. Uh, and, I, and I think that's why a lot of people, went, you know, went to see it and, and knew, knew me is because they'd already seen, uh, you know, Mike and uh, Back to the Future, and then bang! Oh, we've got to go see that. Sure, you know, Fox is in that, and then oh, and there's the guy from Wee, the fat guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then that's what they think when they see you in the naked gun. It's like that's Francis from fucking Wee. It's so funny. Well, it was for those guys anyway, but it made sense. Yeah, you know, for <laughs> forty years, <laughs> right? I think it's it's awesome, man. It's so cool, you know. <laughs> and even before, like before Pee Wee, you were in like an episode of Webster before that, weren't you? I got my SAG card with Webster. Really? 
What were yes. you funny? Was it one episode, two episodes? One. Yeah. One. At, at the end of the season, uh, season one, I couldn't tell you. Right. I but uh, I had a I had a college friend that had come out to L.A. and he made good friends with uh, this this guy and. Uh, he uh, he told him I was I was coming out. He goes, can you just uh, you know meet with him and tell him uh, you know don't don't look for apartments in this area because you know it stinks or, <laughs> or you know it's safe over here and not safe over there and just kind of you know let him because uh, I had never been to L.A. before in my life. Okay, and, and he goes, yeah, well, where, where's he going to stay? And he said, well, I I don't know where Holden's going to stay. And he said, well, what? Just have him come stay with us. Yeah. So, my God, this is great. It it turns out his wife worked in casting at Paramount. Holy shit. She was like an assistant casting director. And instead of having to read with a billion people a day, she said, well, why don't you just go in with me and read against these people? And I said, sure. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and at, you know, at some point uh, in, you know, trying, I think they were trying to cast a couple of different, you know, roles in Webster. And I was running, you know, I, I'm reading with, with people that I grew up watching, you know, like, uh, oh, I can't call uh, the actor's name right now, but he played uh, Ernest T. Bass on, uh, in Andy Griffith. Okay. And I'm like, God, yeah. there's Ernest T. Bass. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, and, and he tore the room up. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but but at, the, uh, at the end of that, Steve and Madeline Sunshine uh, said, you know, we, we thought, you know, a lot of your stuff was funny and you were consistent and everything. So we're going to write you a role uh, during the last episode of the season. Bang. Sad card. That's awesome. What a cool story, yeah. man. That's just, that's fucking cool, man. <laughs> Shit. It's never been easy to, you know, to, to get that card for, you know, small town Oklahoma boys anyway. Yeah. Well, you know. it, it's just time, time. I guess just time and place, man. It's just time and place. And yeah. it's it worked out, obviously. So what were your thoughts of when, I don't know, were you approached or whatever when, when, when you got offered or you went in for the role as Ozzy and Leprechaun? What were you thinking about Leprechaun? Like, am I going to be in this movie? This movie's crazy. Leprechaun actually started with Superboy. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm flying from L.A. to Florida to film an episode of Superboy. Right. And it turns out the guy that wrote it was, was the same gentleman <laughs> Uh, that uh, that wrote Leprechaun and directed it, Mark Jones. Okay. So I met Mark Jones, and he goes, yeah, you know, uh, when I wrote the role, I was thinking of you. I thought, well, how cool. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we, we, we hit it off or whatever, and, and not too far in the distant future, all of a sudden, uh, they I got called in by the casting director. I think it was Lisa London. Okay. And I... Somebody sent me a, uh, a copy of her notes, casting notes, and it had uh, uh, Mark Holton, uh, Mark Jones' friend underneath it. <laughs> nice. 
you know, and so I had, had a nice end. So, uh, so bang, there I was. And I, and I remember that cast. And uh, so, yeah, if it wasn't for uh, for Superboy, uh, Ozzy would never uh, have been admired. And it's uh, another and it's like another cult movie with a ridiculous following. But yeah, what, it's crazy, right? It's so crazy. Yeah. I got to do a shout out to Leppy Laddie. He's got uh, a thing on on Instagram called Leppy Laddie, and and all he does is 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 leprechauns and leprechaun. Movies. Of course, there were like eight of them, and uh, anything having to do with with Lyndon Porco, who was uh, in uh, Leprechaun Returns, anything to do with the original Leprechaun. Uh-huh. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. What's wrong with me? Uh, Willow. Willow. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I'm having a senior moment. It's been a hey, long day. Fine. I have them all the time. Warwick Davis. Thank you very much, Brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Warwick Davis. Uh, so, uh, and he he was a, a joy to work with. Yeah. I, had, I had just done uh, a league of their own and literally was picked up at the airport, taken to a hotel to check in and I would go to the set of Leprechaun the very next morning. And uh, I didn't, you know, I I was kind of, you know, tired and and I was checking in, there was nobody in the lobby. And all of a sudden Warwick Davis and his wife came walking across the lobby. And I said, well, that's got to be the Leprechaun right there. Yeah. And we met, you know, and uh, you know, he he had the, had the, had the thick, uh, British accent at the time. Yeah. And we had a few laughs or whatever. And then the next morning we were on the set and he was, uh, you know, wow. in uh, makeup hell for the next few weeks. Oh, I'm sure it must have been brutal. So you so you went literally, you would you wrapped a league of their own and then the next day you were on the set of Leprechaun. Uh, well, Pretty much. Know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I literally flew in and didn't have time to go home and they just picked me up and. How was how was how was I was working with those people on a league of their own with Tom Hanks and Madonna and all them and that was well I I I always love uh, people always ask that and of course I, I figured as much but yeah. I figured I had to ask it anyway well I I showed up Penny Marshall wanted to after she cast me I guess decided she wanted to talk to me and I suspect that she wanted to do any director of me in the character before we ever stepped in front of a camera, but she was in Indiana or Indianapolis or I can't remember. Okay. Uh, But but they flew me there and uh, somebody came and got me. It was of course a neighborhood from that time period. And I walked up on the porch and she came out on the porch and started talking to me and, and telling me, you know, about the movie and uh, uh, how she saw my role and, and how she wanted me to play it. And I was here just for that. And the only other cast member, except for the ones I'm on screen with, uh, that I sort of met, but I definitely saw her, <laughs> uh, was, uh, uh, Gina. No, I don't, I don't even want to tell the story. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I, I'm going to skip that. But no, I didn't, I didn't work with, uh, meet them even really yeah 
Um, I kind of had a, I had kind of had a weird feeling that that would have been the case with those two. And I don't know why. Well, a lot of people said, well, you met, uh, you, you worked with Gina Davis. And I said, no, I didn't. Right. Going, Wait a minute. That was the end scene or whatever. I said, that was Gina Davis. Right. It was Gina Davis. I saw the movie. What, what is this? Some kind of weird joke? No, that is not Gina Davis. Right. That, that was an actress that looked just like her. Oh, shit. And close enough to where they could age her. And her voice was either dead on. That's the voice I remember, you know, hearing from her coming out of her. Right. It, 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 did, it didn't look like or sound like to me that, uh, that she had been, vo- uh, that there was a voice over there. Or whatever. Right. But she was a, she was the daughter of a, uh, a senator, huh. and I guess uh, I, I also an actress. Wow. So, wow! Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, fast forward, then you get a phone call for the Leprechaun Returns. <laughs> I go, here we go again. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I, you know, I got the email. I'm going, oh god, you know, part eight. Right. Sure. Why not? So, you know, I, I didn't want to be a complete asshole. Right. So, you know, I, I responded and I said, can you send me a script? I, I'll read the script. And I read the script and I found myself laughing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is pretty inventive. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, once I met the director, he uh, had expanded the role. It, it was... Um, uh, it was his idea to come up with with ghost off it, uh, Ozzy. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Yeah, come on, people uh, you need to watch. AKA them. dead Ozzy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you like the script. You, you you already you know the character already. Sure. And uh, and you know, I I thought, well, this this company is out of Canada. They kept talking about filming it. And I'm going, wait a minute, at, at that time of the year, it's, you know, it's like where you were posted in Alaska, in Canada. There's yeah. no way they could do this movie. Well, the same dude owned Out of Africa Studios. Mm-hmm. So he would do a couple of films here. And then when the weather would get bad, he'd go, you know, back to Cape Town. Yeah. And, and do a, a picture or two. So then, you know, and then they hit me with, "Well, you're you're going, you're going to Cape Town, South Africa." I'm going, "What? Yeah, <laughs> you know." And so, you know, I, I pull it up on the internet, and the, and the first thing that comes up is, uh, uh, "Murder Capital of South Africa, Cape Town," <laughs> something like that. I went, "Oh, great! That's awesome." Right, uh, and it, but it was uh, it was an old article, you know. You'll you'll bring something up, and you go, "My God, I didn't know that." And you, you look at it; it says two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Know, oh shit! Why is this even on there? Why was that the first damn thing that came out? Come on, <laughs> right, right. But uh, it it turned out to be uh, just crazy. Uh, there was there was one producer that uh, said, "You're leaving on the fifteenth, whatever month that was." And I had uh, I had left the house uh, uh, about a week and a day before then, and I, I was going to lunch with my buddies. And on the way, he calls me and he goes, uh, "Yeah, I'm getting ready to send you some uh, travel things for uh, 
you know, whatever. And I said, okay, yes, yeah, send them over, and I'll look look them over. Uh, you know, plain plain uh, plain plain tickets. Yeah. And he uses he goes, and then at the end of the conversation, he goes, or I could get you on a plane tomorrow. Oh, I said, wait a minute. Did you just say tomorrow? Hmm, fuck. You told me the 15th. Right. That's over a week from now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had ordered clothes from Amazon. <laughs> uh, I had it all mapped out what I needed to get done before I left. Yeah, you need to tie up some loose ends. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, oh, my God, did I never discuss that with you? Oh. I said, hell no, you never discussed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that's that's uh, that's my only real complaint. Okay. Was, uh, was, you know, I, I literally walked in. I said, "Guys, I'm not going to be at lunch for about a month." Oh but, shit! Right. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Uh-huh. Drove home. You know. You know. Told my wife and, and my youngest son, and they're going, "What yeah. is going on?" I said, "Well, you know, I I I, need, I got I can't find my sunglasses. I need you know I need to borrow." <laughs> borrow your Swiss Army knife. <laughs> we're just you know, trying to get stuff together. And literally, as we were leaving to go to Tulsa International, the Amazon box showed up. Of course it did. But I had to get the <laughs> shit out of there and repack it. I made the plane. And 40-something hours later, after going to DFW uh, and then Toronto and then Heathrow and then finally to Cape Town, Jeez, uh, that, that was a long. Oh long. God, that just sounds in torture. back, and then you talk to some of the other actors that said, "Oh, we just uh, we went to Atlanta, and straight over." What? 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 It must have not been the same producer. No, probably not. And still, it's like how many hours on a plane? Like, oh God, it's torture. After like after four hours, I'm like, I I'm done. I can't. Oh, it, it, the, the guy added like uh, uh, overnight in Toronto. And when you, when you go to another, another country, you're, you're pretty much, you know, you have to go through the whole uh, one, two, three or four times I had to go through the TSA experiment. Oh, God. Experiment. Customs and this and that. Oh, yeah. Security. And he says, well, I've got a layover for the, for the last one. Uh, you know, out of uh, Heathrow, and, and then uh, you know, I, I I just made it a little longer. You've got six hours, and I booked you a hotel room so you can kind of go catch a nap, and and then you know get on the plane. And I had just gotten a new card, credit card. Yeah, and I hadn't you know taken the time to put a pin on. Um. And I had you know a couple of bucks, a literally a couple of bucks. <laughs> and none of the cabs or whatever would take plastic. Right. And I went, went into the airport and nobody would give me any money on my card because I didn't know the pin. Oh, fuck. So I just squeaked by getting enough money in pounds for dollars Shit. to get cab. Or no, it was a bus fare. Oh, Ran shit. trip to the hotel. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm out there. I'm standing outside. I'm talking to all these cabbies or stuff and stuff. And it just, it wasn't going to happen. Right. And I went back in and went, you know, I'm, I'm going to end up having to sleep 
on the concrete floor at Heathrow Airport. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? The only thing before I left, that was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But you made it, and it was good. And I, yeah, I made it. And, and uh, What a mission. What a fucking mission. Yeah. yeah. It, it was great from there on. Yeah. Um, you mind if I shout out my sponsors and then I have another thing that I want to talk to you. Two more things I want to talk to you about. And I won't hold you hostage for too much longer. No. <laughs> Are you a coffee guy? Oh, absolutely. All right. Beautiful. One of the sponsors of this podcast is called Dead Sled Coffee. D-E-A-D-S-L-E-D Coffee. You can follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. If you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get 20% off of your order, and any order, $60 or more, is free domestic shipping. So now what's cool about Dead Sled Coffee is they're a super small company, but they officially license things with people with horror, like there's Kane Hodder, who played Jason, there's a Kane Hodder blend, a Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger blend, Elvira, Vincent Price. They do things with musicians like Kiss, and Rob Zombie and Cypress Hill and so much. They do so much really cool stuff for a small company. And yeah, Dead Sled Coffee. And I, the three sponsors I have, I've been using way before the podcast was even a thought. So it's just cool that, that they're sponsors because they're like friends in their small mom and pop spots. But Dead Sled Coffee is awesome. So if you or anybody of the kids listening out there, check them out. Um, second one is... It's local. It's called Generation Records, um, located at 210 Thompson Street here in the West Village in New York City. Um, they've been around since 92. An actual brick and mortar record store that sells vinyl and stuff like that. And they've survived COVID, so they're still open. But you follow them on Instagram at Generation Records. And if you can't make, if you can't make it to the actual location, they have an eBay pay, an eBay store, and you can go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com and order stuff online from them. So once again, Generation Records. And last but definitely not least is New Republic Printing. For screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons, follow them as well on Instagram at New Republic Printing. Um, you go to newrepublicprinting.net, and there's a drop-down menu of all different brands of T-shirts and Everything from T-shirts to sweatpants to hoodies to zip-up hoodies to underwear. You want something printed on an article of clothing, they'll do it. But the best thing about them is there's no setup fees. There's no screen fees. And there is, if you get your order shipped to any commercial address, it's free UPS ground shipping. So, Mark, you could make a thousand, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo shirts, and you can have 500 boxes delivered to any commercial address and it doesn't cost you an extra nickel, which is pretty goddamn cool. So Dead Sled Coffee, Generation Records, and New Republic Printing. Thank you for being here. I think, I think the coffee, coffee idea, they need a Gacy blend. You're damn right they should. <laughs> and that's an amazing segue because that's the next thing I would like to speak to you about is Gacy. And I feel, and I don't know, I, honestly, off the top of my head, I do not, I cannot think of somebody at that time frame that would play that role better. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a perfect role. I'm like Mark Holden is Gacy. Like, what a perfect casting call. Well, it was it was an opportunity to play a lead role and a role that I thought I could execute, uh, or you know I wouldn't have done it. And it was also the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, dark. I had super super dark and. Fucked yeah. up, you know, fucked up. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I ha- you know, I, I had a, kind of a drive to and from uh, the set, uh, which was, you know, in a, in a house um, mainly uh, that had the exact same floor plan of Casey's house. Crazy. And we, I just happened to drop in there when they were still looking it over. And, uh, we were standing in the, uh, the, the hallway and there's a door and I went, Oh, this is going to be a closet. Right. So I opened it. It's a closet. Uh-huh. And then we lifted up the carpet and there's a hatch to the crawl space. And we just went, Ooh, oh, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> good locations down there. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. So, I mean, with the, all of your previous roles, I mean, this is something obviously much different than you've done. And obviously it's based on a true story and a real person and just just really dark material subject matter. It had to have been kind of messed up to do certain things that you did in that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, I, I, I always say, you know, that at the end of the day, I felt like I needed to scrub my brain out with a toilet brush. Uh, people ask me, well, how much time did you have to research the character? I had days, you know, but I lived in that time period. So I, you know, I remember the evening news and, sure. you know, the whole thing. So I was, you know, it wasn't, you know, like it was, uh, you know, a, a new thing to me that I, I really needed desperately to research. Right. Um, and uh, we had a production meeting, uh, I guess, one before we actually started, you know, turning frames, as they used to say in the old days. <laughs> uh, and uh, somebody had been to the uh, Hollywood uh, Library. Okay. And at that time, it was the latest of umpteen jillion books on Gacy. Of course. And he, he had checked it out or whatever. He goes, hey, you know, take this and read it, and I'll, I'll read it after, you know, you're done with it. And uh, I opened the back, and I saw, well, it's been checked out three times. And then I went to the front cover, opened it up, and there's a, a drawing. Let's say it was in black ink. He was okay. even black ink of Gacy. And in front of him, a naked Gacy on his knees. And then in front of him is a diminutive boyish character Uh in in the position. Yeah. And then in a different color ink, someone had drawn a rope around the kid's neck and tied it back to uh, Gacy's hands. And then yet someone else had taken like pencil or something across the top of that and wrote dreams in that real wavy kind of 60s Peter Max lettering. Yes. I just, I closed it and I went and washed my hands and I said, 
you know, thanks for the offer, but I don't even want to test the book again. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, what a what a what a great role, man. And like I said, perfect, perfect call to cast you on that, man. Well, I it was it was uh uh the only the only thing I have ever done, uh stage film uh, where I have butted heads with a director really yeah it was uh it was uh i'm not going to go into it because i've told the story before right Uh, and uh we were actually i guess um both interviewed and for the first time he he knew what my true feelings were supposedly (laughs) but um yeah, it, it it got down to the point to where I was literally looking back in uh, on the on the the stage, sound stage, and I'm looking at the the crew, everybody running around, and a couple of the other actors, and I was ready to to just punch out right then. Really, had it. There was uh there was uh, I you know I uh, I've gone this far whatever. He was actually flipping matches from a ladder during takes, which was causing flares in the in the camera. And uh, of course, you know the the camera operator saying, "Cut!" Why you know, was he doing that? You know, we we we're blow, we blew a light or something. Yeah, why was he doing that? What was the point? Um, I don't know. I think it was some kind of uh, acting. Uh, a method thing that he had come up with in the East End Theater in London or something. I don't know. Strange. Then, uh, okay. We got off, yeah, we got we got through that after he just absolutely lambasted and chewed uh, the ass of of the camera operator for calling cut on his set. And then uh, out of their uh, eye range, he's back up on the ladder, and he's got this little wind up toy. Like the the little uh, uh, do, 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 do. yeah, weasel, very yeah. high. It's just a little, you know, cheap toy. Yeah. And in the middle of the scene, he starts making the noise, and now the sound guy yeah. is going cut. Somebody's got a radio on. They got their phone on. I don't know what the hell's going on, but. You know, there's 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 some kind of music playing in the background. I, I don't I can't. There's no way I can get this clean. Yeah. And, uh, so he gets his ass in eaten out. And uh, finally, I was sitting on 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 the couch uh, during the scene with uh, Charlie Weber, who is uh, the other actor in the scene. And <clears throat> he came down off the off the ladder and. Uh, I, I pointed my finger at him and I said, you need to stay right here. I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette. Don't come out there. And I started toward, you know, the big door that opens or whatever. And somebody saw me and went, jerked it open. And I walked out there and then uh, Charlie Weber uh, joined me. And I'm looking back in at all these people. I'm going, there's no way they can recast this. No, and these these people, I can't do that to these people. Right. You know, 
And uh, so I, I, I cooled my heels, cooled my jets, as they used to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, soldiered on, and we, uh, we, we finished it. And uh, after, um, after he, he got word of this, and this is recently, he sent me an email and uh, said, I had no idea that I was affecting people's lives like that. And I said, it's water under the bridge. Yeah, it's water under the bridge, but like, it's like, why are you being annoying? It's like, you're just doing annoying shit. Like, what's, what's your plan? What's your end game? What are you, what are you looking to get out of this? Like, I, I, maybe he had, had done something like that in a rehearsal environment and it had uh, uh, gotten a reaction from actors before. Yeah. I, I don't know, but you, you know, once you yell action, rehearsal's over, baby. Yeah. You know, so uh, it was it was not um, I, I just don't think he had the experience he needed to do that film. Gotcha. And, uh, and he hasn't done a film since, as far as I know. Wow. Wow. Very interesting shit, man. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it, though. No, nah, you don't have to. I don't go into it. You just did, but it's fine. <laughs> um, all right. Um, you had mentioned before that you just quit the business. You were out. What was it? Yeah. Why? Is there any particular reason why did you just say, fuck this and I'm out? There was a certain well, pivotal actually, turning point. It was, it was the housing market. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pushed me over the edge. and. Uh, I had had a couple of agencies that had folded up and I just got tired of going out there and, and, uh, driving back and forth. I lived uh, near Palmdale, California and, and back and forth on the freeway. The thought of getting another, uh, you know, agent or whatever looking and, yeah. uh, both my sons were grown okay. out of high school and I had one neighbor. It, it was actually outside of Palmdale in, in the unincorporated area. And the road literally ended at her house. And she was my only neighbor for 20 something years. Wow. And, uh, she uh, eventually got to, uh, you know, the point where she had to go to assisted living and uh, her son and, and uh, daughter-in-law put the house on the market. And uh, we found out how much they were asking for the house and I said, well, why don't you drop by and talk to my wife, Lisa, and I, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, we're going, ah, it's, you know, because, because we had, we were, we were there during the 2008 meltdown. Okay. So we, we did, you know, we really didn't have a frame of reference of, of, of what it had rebounded, you know, back to, and she hit us with a number and, uh, we talked it over and I said, Let's get the hell out of here. I don't want to die, you know, overlooking the aqueduct. Yeah. So uh, uh, we just, we, we packed up and, and got out of there and, and came back. My uh, in-laws had passed away uh, in this small town in Oklahoma and the house was still there. So we had the convenience, uh, the luxury of uh, taking our time. We had a base, you know, to, to, base out of to, to look for uh, properties in several different counties. And, yeah. uh, and it turned out that uh, the house with, that we're in now was uh, like 90 seconds away. Really? 
Yeah, it's built in 1918 and then added on and added on and added on. Okay. Uh, uh, we kept looking at it. And uh, finally, Lisa walked up behind me and said, you know, if we go and look at that old house, we're going to fall in love with it. Yeah. I said, yeah, but I keep, well, let's just go look at it. <laughs> and, you know, bang. Yeah. That's was, great, man. Good. It was and meant it, to happen. It was. It was. It sounds like it. That's great, man. Um, you're on Cameo now, correct? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So how did people, how can people get a personalized message from you on Cameo? You, you just go to Cameo and, and uh, Mark Holton and put in Mark Holton and then, you know, I'll, I'll show up and then you can say, my brother's got a birthday coming. Uh, I want you to uh, send my uh, family uh, uh, a Christmas morning uh, greetings. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I even had a, a, a lady, uh, she's a buddy of mine on Instagram. Okay. She, uh, and before I had a chance to talk to her, she was getting ready to have an operation. Okay. And, uh, like her gallbladder removed, I think. Yeah, gallbladder removed. And she booked um, me doing something that she could look at when she was coming out of her anesthesia after the operation. Wow. And I thought, of course, she's got a, just a wonderful sense of humor. I thought, this is hilarious. Yeah. And so I, you know, I contacted her. I said, okay. You got me laughing. This is hilarious. What What do you really want to do this for? You want to, you want to do this for like, a, you know, your husband's birthday or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She goes, no, I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. When I come out of, uh, of the anesthesia, I'm going to play this. So, you know, I'm used to, you know, doing stuff like, uh, hey, it's your birthday, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, really, really playing it up or, you know, doing lines from movies or whatever. Yeah. And I had to bring it down to, uh, you know, Mark at bedside after an operation. <laughs> Mark at bedside. Yeah. You know, your first, your visit in the hospital room. Wow. And, uh, that, well, it's the only choice I had. And it came out pretty good. Wow. That's, you know, that's definitely awesome. not your average cameo. No. Cameo. I'll definitely have to check it out. So, yeah, everybody go to cameo.com and put in Mark Holton and. Get yourself a greeting. Um, your Instagram is at official Mark Holton, right? Yes. That's where I hang out. That's where you hang out. So everybody give him a follow and, and, and all of that stuff. Um, you do have conventions coming up. I look forward to seeing you and buying you that beer and shaking your hand and thanking you once again for your time in person. Um, Check out onstationapparel.com and get something cool, military. Um, wow. If, what if, else? You want, if, if you want some, you know, like mugs or, or apparel with uh, my characters on them, uh, you can go to uh, the Mark Holton store, the Mark Holton store or markholtonstore.com. Yes. And, I've uh, been on there. There's, there's okay. all, well, I'm just saying I've been on there, but yeah, it is. There's mugs and there's shirts with catchphrases from the movies and very cool stuff. So yes, it's it's I believe it's just Mark Holton store. Just Google Mark Holton store and it comes up on. Yeah, there's only one store out there. Yes, 
<laughs> very cool, man. Listen, thank you once again for your time. Oh, yeah, see, I just, you know, obviously we have to go through some movie stuff, but it's not formal. It's whatever, you know, a conversation between two gentlemen. Exactly. That's it. Um, so, yeah, um, I hope that you have a great Christmas and New Year, but I'm sure we'll, this this is going to come out. I mean, we're on podcast time right now. This is going to come out in like a week and a half because I always have like one or two before and then I'll drop it. But the flyer, I, I'll, I'll post it on Instagram. It drops at noon on whatever day, but obviously I'll let you know beforehand. I'll let you know as soon as we're done wrapping up, I'll message you the exact dates. Um, but I'll tag you on the Instagram and I'll, I'll tag you on. I know you have a, a Mark Holton fan page on Facebook. I do a fan page. Yeah. I, I never go. I, I never go. I never go to Facebook, but you do. I, I've got, well, I've got the little switch. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think that if I post, you, anything yes. that I post on, uh, on Instagram, magically appears on on facebook correct that's exactly <laughs> how it works. yeah so but i will tag that page also so people see it on facebook and all that and um yeah this was a pleasure man this was this was an honor to talk to you and then right now i'm talking to you as a fan of growing up watching you this was really cool but then on the other note you're a super cool guy you're a regular guy to me you're not francis from peewee's big adventure to me you're mark and I consider you a friend now. And this was really cool. Same here. Same here. Yes. Oh, and by the way, my girl, Nikki, who was at the uh, convention with me, yeah. um, I told her that I was about to do the podcast with you. And she wrote, oh, I'll tell him I said, hello, big hugs. So that's from Nikki to you. Big hugs for Nikki. Absolutely. For Please. Yeah, I, I, I will let her know as soon as we wrap. But thanks again, okay, Mark. Man. Enjoy your holiday, and we'll be definitely be talking soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime. Okay. Bye.